We're glad to be sharing the ministry of Redemption Church with you. Now join us as we receive the Word of God. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to the second week of our sermon series right here in Plano, Texas at Redemption Church. Welcome everybody reading us online. We love that you're there. Please leave us a comment. We love to know where you're from and pray for you. All right, God's doing good stuff all over the place. My name is Chris Fluitt and I want to thank everybody in the room. Can we hear it for the people who came out to church tonight? We're so glad that you're here. We're so glad. We're, we're in the second week of our sermon series and we're calling it Second Helping. While the artwork might remind you that Thanksgiving is coming. Anybody excited about that still? Yeah. And you look forward to the second plate. In this series, we are uh, studying the surprising truth that God favors the second. Look at somebody say, God favors the second. Go ahead and look at somebody. Yeah, go ahead and look at them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God favors the second. Although we live in a world that values being number one, God is favorable to those who choose to come second. Last week, we talked about a second kingdom. Powerful things happen when we don't seek our own selfish ambition and greedy kingdoms, but instead we slide ourselves over into a second spot and we seek first the kingdom of God. Today, I have great news for everyone. It's great news for everybody. Here it is. God favors the second chance. Have you ever needed a second chance? I'm in the right place. Anybody need a second chance? There's nobody here that thinks they're perfect and they never needed a second chance. I would just want to make sure that's not here today. Oh my goodness. Your first opportunity didn't go so well, but you're able to try again. There's that saying, let's see if you can finish this saying, if at first you don't succeed, try, try again. I looked up this week to try to figure out who even said that. That is such an old saying. Nobody even knows really who said that, but that is like in our, we're taught that. Uh, previous generations always will tell that younger generation, listen, don't give up. Keep trying. It's a well-known saying about persistence. And persistence is required for, for successful lives. Y'all agree with that? Yeah. Are you a fan of second chances today? If you like second chances, you should really like God. Yeah. Because God invents the second chance. He's the one who invents it. Adam and Eve, they failed in the garden, but God gave them a second chance. God allowed them to leave the garden and live a second life of sorts, right? Very much a second chance. And this starts a pattern of God favoring the second throughout Scripture. It just doesn't end. It just keeps going on and on. As you study your Bible, you'll see it. We're going to talk a little bit about it today. Adam and Eve have two sons that we're told of in that fourth chapter. The, there's Cain and there's Abel. Genesis 4 tells us Cain was the firstborn and that Abel is the secondborn. So you've got a first birth and you've got a second birth. 
right there at the beginning of your Bible. This, is, this marks life outside the garden. Life outside the garden. God is, God is showing us that there's a first birth and there's a second birth. Y'all hang with me. In the ancient world and in many cultures still today, the firstborn is viewed as number one. We can relate to this, but because still today, the secondborn often wears the hand-me-downs of the firstborn. Yet in the ancient world, it's way more serious than, than just wearing an old t-shirt and underwear and socks. The firstborn would receive priority and privilege over all the other second, third, fourth. The firstborn received priority and privilege. The firstborn would receive a greater inheritance. They would receive really important things like a crown. If you were in the king's family, the firstborn would receive the crown. You would receive the property of the father. You would receive the property as the firstborn. Sometimes you would receive all of the property. And you would also receive the promise. There were promises given to the patriarchs like Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. And they were, it was understood that the promise should go through the firstborn. The firstborn was a leader. And the secondborn would serve the firstborn. We see this pattern all throughout the ancient world and you see it in the Bible when you read it. The promise of Messiah through the seed of the woman in Genesis 3.15 was expected to go through the firstborn. So now back to Genesis 4. We got Cain. He's the firstborn. And Abel, he's the secondborn. What happens in this story? Think about what happens in this story. You, you everybody, you want to jump to the murder, right? Don't jump to the murder. Come back first there. Cain and Abel both bring an offering to God. Start there. Cain and Abel, firstborn and secondborn, both bring an offering to God. But God honors the gift of the, the secondborn receives the honor. And that's unexpected. God chooses the secondborn over the firstborn in this case. Cain gets angry. And now we've got the murderer. He kills his brother out in the field. So now you've got no secondborn son. So what God, what's God going to do? Is God going to go back to the firstborn and say, you know what? I've rethought some things. You're obviously more cunning than that secondborn son. You're obviously a little stronger than him. You're over to overpower him in the plane. Maybe you want it more. In this world of go and take it. In this world of, you know, seize the day. In the world of you, you, you see what you want and you go take it. No matter who gets hurt in the making. What does God do in this situation? Does he say, you know what? In fact, I'm going to choose you now, Cain. Because you are obviously stronger. And now I'm going to honor you as the firstborn. 
What happens? What happens? Y'all know? We've got a little clicking over here. Do I just turn this down right here? Do I just do that? Do you hear it? Is that it? Nope. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. All right, we did it. Good job. Let's hear for our tech team. All right. Where was I? It's still going. Is it a tap? Uh, just unplug it? Hey, everybody. How's y'all doing? Look at somebody say, hey, Chris has no idea what he's doing up there. All right. All right now let's hear for the pastor. No. So listen. Cain, obviously, is the more cunning here. He's the stronger here. And he's the only one that's alive. So what does God do? Does God go back to the firstborn? No. God banishes the firstborn. He said, he's still not going. It's like, even if you were the last man on earth, Cain, you're not getting this promise. God banishes the firstborn and Eve receives a substitute. Eve's third son is named Seth. Anybody want to guess what his name means? Seth means substitute. This pattern continues throughout Genesis. I'll try to hit this very quickly. Abraham has, Abraham has two sons. Ishmael is the first. Isaac's the second. God favors the second. Isaac has two sons. Esau is first. Jacob is second. God favors the second. Jacob does not choose his firstborn son, but he, he goes down the list and receives Judah. Joseph brings his sons, two sons, Manasseh and Ephraim, and Jacob favors the secondborn Ephraim. This pattern, that's throughout Genesis. This pattern of God favors the second birth. So, you might be thinking this, and it would be really understandable if you are. Hey, Pastor Chris, that's some neat info, but what does that mean to me? And it's okay if you're thinking that, all right? I want you to imagine a moment being in this position. Imagine being the second born, and simply because you weren't born first, which you had no control over, zero control over what order you're born in, correct? Yeah, that's how that works. Just because you weren't first, you will always be lesser. Imagine being just told that the best you could ever do, the highest that you could ever attain, is to be a servant to your older sibling. I don't have to tell you how to imagine that, really. Because we have all felt what it's like to be passed over in life for things that are completely out of our control. We all know what it's looked like to be on the... To go to, back to elementary school and you're the last kid chosen on the team. Anybody knows what that feels like? Anybody knows? You know what it's like to everybody, everybody get on teams and everybody find a partner. And you're like, you get to be the teacher's partner because you're that cool. <laughs> that just means I'm special. Mama said that means I'm special. That's what that means, right? right. We know what it's like to be passed over. Time and time again. There is always someone better 
than us. And the best we can hope for, it seems like in life, is to just be the runner up. We've experienced that time and time again. We've been told also that second place is the first loser. Yeah, real painful uh, thing to say. So many of our first efforts have not worked out. We're on our second try. Third try. Fourth try. We actually gave up. There's an alternative statement. When I was searching up who wrote the words, if at first you don't succeed, try, try again. There's an alternative one. It's used a lot in writings. If at first you don't succeed, stop it already. You're embarrassing yourself. It's up there. <laughs> but that, that's where a lot of people are after the third and fourth and fifth try. Many of us are not on our first career. We're not on our first marriage. We're not living our first dream. Most of us, we're not first in our class. Most of us feel like McKaylee Maroney, who says amen. Do you know who McKaylee, Michaela Maroney is? Do, do you know? Before we put it up there, just show of hands. Who is very certain that they know who Michaela Maroney is? There's like, there's like three and a half. We had these people and then we had some of these people right here, <laughs> I am really certain that they know who Michaela Cleta. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. <laughs> Michaela was an Olympic gymnast for the United States in 2012. And she is most known for this picture that went viral. Anybody ever see this picture? This is Michaela Maroney. And most of us feel like Michaela up here. Does she look happy, y'all? I really, there's a part of me that just loves this picture. Not, not to be bad, but I just know what she's feeling in life. Do you think she's experiencing regret at this moment? Do you think she's replaying some things in her mind? Do you think that she wants to wring the neck of a judge right about now? Who gave her like a 9.3 instead of a 9.4? Anybody? Michaela had come in second place in the vault competition. She went all the way to London not to get second place. She went to be number one. But, but by just tenths of a point, they said, no, Michaela, you're number two. And this is the picture of her on the medal stand while they're playing some other country's national anthem. And she's standing here with her silver medal looking disappointed. A lot of, keep this picture up here, a lot of our life feels just like this. We tried. We tried hard for a long time. For weeks, for months, for years, we tried only to fail. We feel like this. We flunked out of school. That's what this looks like. We tried for the job or for the promotion, but we got passed over. That's what this looks like. The relationship that didn't work out. You're looking at that feeling right there. The business that never got off 
the ground. The person that just never seems to understand us. And we have another conversation with them. But yet they still don't get us. They don't get us at all. The habit that we try to break. But we're right back at the same place. This is, this is that picture for us. This is who we are. This is what we feel. We are told second is the first loser. And we feel like first rate losers. But somebody said God favors the second. second. Say it one more time. God favors favors the second. second. Oh my gosh. Do you understand how powerful God's favor is? I'm telling you, if you got God's favor, you're never a loser. If you got God's favor, you're in a really good spot. You see, God reaches to the second born and he blesses them as firstborn heirs. The promise that should have gone to the firstborn, God says, no, I'm going to give that to the secondborn. I'm going to give it to the one that others looked past. That's the story of David, y'all, isn't it? David was just a shepherd with a guitar and a sling. But God chose him. Nobody else chose him. He wasn't even invited to the party. God takes first-rate losers and he makes them champions. That's what God does. God takes the first-rate loser and he makes them more than conquerors through his love. Look at the disciples. Listen, the disciples were not setting the world on fire. They were not on a trajectory that any of us would be talking about any of them today. Andrew, Peter, John, and James were stinky, uneducated fishermen. There was nothing exceptional about them. But then Jesus chooses them. And when he reaches past everyone else and reaches to this this derelict group of guys. Low brow group of guys. A group of guys that everyone looked past. When Jesus chooses them, it changes everything. And we remember them all today. In the kingdoms of this world, it's not good to be second. But in God's kingdom, it is great to be second. Some words that play well in the kingdom. Think about some words that play well in the kingdom. I came up with this list. Lowly. Plays really well in the kingdom of God. Humble. Meek. Kind, loyal, faithful, disciple, student, servant, shepherd. These are words that are not first rate words. These are not first tier words when it comes to our society today. Don't you agree? But these are words that describe people who are willing to come in second. God favors the second And he gives them a second chance. God blesses the second so much that sometimes they forget what they used to be. Can I talk to you for a second about this? God blesses us so much that sometimes we forget who we used to be. I got a verse about it. 1 Corinthians 1, 26. Brothers and sisters, think of what you were when you were called. Do that for a moment. Think of what you were. Think of what you were. 
Not many of you are wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. Can I say it in in our regards on this sermon series? God took the second to show the first a few things. God took those that were not, that they were looked past. And he took them and he did marvelous things. And it blew every one away. That's what Jesus does. Look at somebody say, that's what Jesus does. Who knows that's what Jesus has done in you. Do you realize that? That's what Jesus has done in you. Yet some of us have been so blessed that we forget what we were when God calls us. Can I tell you for one quick second? Listen, sometimes it's easy to think that you are the secret to your success. You aren't. Uh, It's because I'm so good looking. Listen, it's not that. It's because I'm so intelligent. It's not that. My brother Linus, I remember he was riding high. He had been, he had, before he came to Jesus, he was living in a slum as a high school kid. He was living in a low place and he had very few friends. He, he, it was so terrible. He really only had one friend and that friend was really nerdy. His name was Chris Fluitt. And <clears throat> Lupita. Laughing at that. And he was lowly. And he had, no, he had very little hope for the future. But then he met Jesus. And Jesus turned his life around. But, but then you fast forward a few years. You fast forward a few years. And he's got a car. He's got a job. He's making a good living and he has friends everywhere. And I'll never forget, valuable thing Clyde Fluitt said to my brother Linus. I'll never forget. He said, Bubba, don't you forget that it's the Lord that is giving you all this favor. Listen, you can be in a season without friends. You come to Jesus and suddenly friends are everywhere. And think, man, I'm just so cool. I've really come into my own. No, that is Jesus working in you, giving you influence, giving you favor. That is him taking the first and doing beautiful things in your life. And sometimes we forget what we were when Jesus called us. The change in us is all to the glory of God. Somebody say A to G to A-G, A-G-2-G, sorry, Marshall, please forgive me. A-G-2-G, all glory to God. If we boast or brag about anything, it should be about our God. The verse continues, verse 30. It is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus, who has become for us wisdom from God. That is our righteousness, Holiness and redemption. Therefore, as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. If we have any reason to brag, it's not because of us. It's because of the one that chose us and the one that's called us. And he is faithful. And for us, he is wisdom. You get the 
the reference because recently he just verses earlier he said he took the foolish to shame the wise and now for us what for us what is wisdom is Jesus what for us is now strength is Jesus what for us is now wealth it's Jesus. All the good things in this world is Jesus. So he gets all the glory. Let's give him all the glory. Oh, all the glory to you, Jesus. All the glory to you, God. It's all because of you. It's all because of you. It's all because of you. Hallelujah. In John chapter 3, Jesus has a well-known conversation with a religious leader named Nicodemus. Nicodemus, he was number one. That dude was on top of the world. He was successful. He was wealthy. He was educated. He was to be envied by just about everyone in Israel. You could probably count on one hand the number of people who did not envy Nicodemus in all of Israel. He was up there, y'all. Nicodemus was part of the in crowd. The in crowd was called the Sanhedrin. It was the power players in their society. Only the wealthy were involved. Only the educated were involved. Only those who knew all the law and felt they were right with God were involved. And everybody shut up and listened when the Sanhedrin walked in the room and opened their mouth. And he is in the Sanhedrin. He was a Jew. And every good Jew knows their lineage. Every good Jew knows their lineage. Without question, Nicodemus was able to name his lineage all the way back to Adam. The Bible doesn't tell me that, but I know that. I know that he could. In fact, many Jews today are able to do just that. They are able to name their lineage from them, way past their grandparents, all the way back to Adam. They're able to name their lineage all the way back through Abraham, all the way back to the very beginning. Why are they able to do that? Because their lineage is that important to them. Yes. Your lineage told you what heroes were in your family. That's one of the reasons. They could look back and say, you know, Job, related to that guy. Yep. You know, David, yeah, I'm a big fan of him too. I call him grandpappy times 38. Yeah. Giving, they're able to name these aren't just names to them, it's their family tree. Your lineage told you what tribe was yours. Perhaps you were a part of the priestly tribe of Levi, or maybe you were part of the kingly tribe of Judah. What a big deal that would be! Your lineage told you if you were a child of of Abraham and being an Israelite had everything to do with being a child of Abraham. So imagine, imagine this number one dude with this important lineage. Imagine somebody comes up to him and says, hey, you know what? Your family tree is no good. Your lineage, your birthright doesn't measure up. You need another birth. And this is what John is telling us about Jesus in John chapter 3. Look at this verse. Jesus replied, truly, very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. 
No, didn't you listen, Jesus? I just explained that I, I, I've got heroes in my family. I know that I'm a part of this tribe. I go all the way back to Abraham and back all the way to Adam. What are you talking about? Jesus says, nope, you listen to me. All of that lineage doesn't work. Doesn't matter if you're the firstborn. Doesn't matter if you're the firstborn of that family and you're the firstborn of this family. Doesn't matter. Your birth status will not get you into the kingdom. Your status in this world does not get you into the kingdom. Your credit score will not get you into the kingdom. Your diploma will not get you into the kingdom. Are you following me? The nice car that you drive. I hope you're enjoying it. I hope it's got good gas mileage. But it will not get you into the kingdom. Your religious membership. Oh, y'all listen. I'm going there. Your religion, your religious membership in a church will not open the door for you to enter the kingdom of God. Oh, but we've always been fill in the blank denomination. Big deal. It doesn't work. It will not get you into the kingdom. Jesus is being straight up here. A lot of the things you put so much importance on, you put first importance on and priority on, won't work to get you into the kingdom. You must be born again. Will you say that with me? You must be born again. God favors the second birth. Somebody say the second birth. All those strange stories from Genesis about God favoring the second birth over the first birth, they were all pointing us prophetically to what Jesus would say in John chapter 3. There's no doubt. All of those who were passed over simply because they were not born first, they now have a second chance by being born again. This is the second birth that is ultimately favored by God. What does it mean to be born again? Well, if you don't understand, you're in great company because Nicodemus didn't understand either. Verse 4, Nicodemus asks, how can someone be born when they are old? Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. You see, Nicodemus took Jesus literally and did not understand the second chance Jesus offered. Nor did he realize he needed a second chance. Do we understand the second chance that Jesus is giving? And do we realize we need the second chance? That Jesus is giving. John 3, 5. Jesus answered, very truly I tell you. No one can enter the kingdom of God. Unless they are born of water and the spirit. I want to tell you. Jesus is not talking about a physical birth here. But a spiritual birth. He even says it in the next verse. Jesus is talking about being born again. Of water and of spirit. And this is a second chance. It's a second chance. In Acts chapter 2. Now we're fast forwarding. Past the crucifixion. And past the burial of Jesus. And past the resurrection of Jesus. We're in Acts chapter 2. And a group of people needed a second chance. They didn't even know it was possible to receive a second chance. 
but they learned about their sin and that they learned that they did not receive the Messiah when he came and they knew that they needed a second chance. They realized and so they asked, what can we do? It's Acts 2.37. They said, men and brethren, everybody, what can we do about this? And Peter replies, With the same born again message of Jesus in different words. He says in Acts 2.38. Peter replied. Repent. And be baptized. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ. For the forgiveness of your sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Somebody say repentance. Somebody say baptism. Somebody say the gift of the Spirit. That's a second chance. That's a second chance. Very quickly, repentance. That's freedom from sin. Baptism. That cleanses us and gives us new identity. And then the Holy Spirit. It gives us power. Because of Jesus, we can be born again of water and spirit. It is God's will for everyone to experience a second birth. It is God's will for everyone to be in his kingdom. Questions about being born again? We can have a Bible study about it. I'm not going to take any more time to talk about it tonight. But we have a text right here. You can text me at 469-467-8111. And we can have a, we can schedule a Bible study to talk about what it means to be born again. This is too important of a topic to be fuzzy on. You need to know about it. We can answer your questions about being born again with a one-on-one Bible study. All right? But now, here, tonight, I want you to think about... I want this to be how you think about the second birth. The second birth is a second chance. Sometimes we can get all theological with it. We can get all doctrinal with it. And it's like all the moving parts. And like we can cross-reference 30 scriptures about repentance over here. And 30 scriptures about baptism over here. And you're like, what is going on? Where am I? Is this college? What is going on? Forget all that for a second. I want to make it simple for you. Being born again is a second chance. That's how I want you to think about it. And everyone needs a second chance. Everyone needs a second chance. Think about the person who doesn't need a second chance. For some of us, we think it's the CEO of a billion dollar company. I'm here to tell you today, that person needs a second chance. Just like everyone else. People that are in Congress and Senate. And they've, ra- they've risen to the upper echelon. They are the number ones of society. They need a second chance too. Yeah. Yeah, guess what? Pastors need second chances. Yes. Worship teams need second chances. We all need second chances. Well, I want you to get real. I want you to focus on this. Switch some things around. Because sometimes we, we can look at certain parts of society and go, oh, those people, they really need a second chance. And if we're not careful, we'll actually say stuff like that about the single mom. The single mom down on the street. She needs a second chance. And sometimes it's easy for us to see that. But not the CEO. Not our neighbor. Not the one that's got the promotion in your job. That person needs a a second chance just like everybody else. 
the divorced and the married and the dating, all of them need a second chance. You're flat out wrong if you think someone does not need a second chance. That's why we should always be quick to forgive. That's why we should always be quick to pray for our enemies. Because they deserve a second chance. They need it. It's not that they deserve it. Take that back. They need it. We sometimes think our enemies don't need a second chance. We sometimes think people who have said bad things, done bad things, don't need a second chance. Perhaps we think that those with more wealth and power aren't in need of a second chance. Adam and Eve needed a second chance. They had just about everything you could ever ask. And they sure needed a second chance. Everyone after Adam and Eve needs a second chance. I'm going to tell you this. Jesus is the only person who does not need a second chance. He did it perfect the first time. And no one gets it all right. No one gets everything right except Jesus. He got it all perfectly right. Correct. And this is the same Jesus who gives us the second chance. The one who didn't need the second chance has given every one of us a second chance. I love to think about the thief on the cross. Oh, he needed a second chance so bad. Oh, and all the mistakes he made in life. But there he is on the cross. How far is he from Jesus? He's right there. (laughs) Oh my goodness, you are never so far from him. All your mistakes in life have not distanced you from the opportunity to receive Jesus and receive your second chance. That's some good news, y'all. That's good news. If you feel like you need a second chance, you are in the right place. Now I have one more thing to tell you. I'm really, I'm drawn to a close. Some of you are like, oh, I don't believe it. Um, I'm coming to a close. I'm, I'm going to do my best. I have one more thing to tell you. We may think that a second chance is something that is not as good as the first chance. Yeah, getting a second chance, but I really blew it back there. We may think that the second chance is a consolation prize. We might think that the second chance is something to be ashamed of and not proud of. Mm. We may assume that it would have been better if we had never needed the second chance. But I'm here to remind you that God favors the second. In fact, I want to tell you the second is better than the first. The second is better than the first. The second is better than the first. I hope you believe that today. Lord, help us to believe that in our hearts. I'm not advocating that failure is good. That's not where I'm going with this. I'm telling you that all my failures, all Chris Fluitt's failures, have simply shown me a depth of grace and love that I didn't know previously. I didn't know he could love me as good as he loved me until I realized finally that I didn't deserve his love. Who knows what I'm talking about? That moment you realize, whoa, I didn't deserve God's love. You know, sometimes you have this picture that, yeah, I'm awesome. I'm totally deserving of God's goodness. And then when your failure comes, then you go, oh my gosh, I didn't. Whoa, I really didn't know what I was saying back there. And Jesus is like, yep, 
I still loved you anyway. Hmm. My sin is nothing to be proud of, but the grace that is greater than my sin, that's what I brag about. That's what I boast in. His grace is greater than all of my sin. The second chance is better. In the Garden of Eden, it says that God walked with Adam and Eve. But in the new birth experience, in this experience with Jesus, you get something so much better than the first chance. In this new birth with Jesus, God doesn't just walk beside you. He's within you. He dwells inside of you. Somebody say, the second is better. And the power of God works within you. Why? Because the second is better. He draws closer after your failure. The second chance does not bring guilt about your first mistakes. No, the second chance washes away every shame. All forgiveness comes through the washing of that water. Do not let the guilt of your mistakes keep you from your second chance. Don't let the guilt of your mistakes keep you from repentance, from being baptized, from being filled with His Spirit. You do not have to deserve a second chance. No one deserves the second chance that Jesus gives us. There is a second chance for us. I want to remind you what Michaela Moroni looks like when she's disappointed. That's her second place. But you know, Sadly, this, this is the viral picture. But who wants to see her with the gold? Let's see that one. Because she... Because she won a gold medal. She stood on that, on that podium. And they did play her national anthem. And she was number one. And she looks really happy about it. I want to tell you, her second place finish... Does not take away the joy of her first place placement. Do you realize that in Jesus we are seated with him in heavenly places? Do you know that verse? Let me explain to you. It says you, you silly sinner that doesn't deserve to get off this this rock called earth. That deserves to be in, in a tomb. It says that he takes you to his kingdom. And in that kingdom... He doesn't place you on some backwater area. He takes you right to his throne room. And he invites you to sit with him. And it says in the Bible that we are seated with Christ in the number one spot. There's not a better spot. Than this. How did we get there? Because he favors the second. Those that sh- shouldn't have ever won. He brings them. And he takes them. And he puts them in the best spot Ever, Not because they deserve it. But because he is that good. I want to ask our musicians to come. But I want you to look right here. Because I've got something I want to talk to you. Musicians, that means come right now. Yeah, okay, good. I want our musicians to come. But y'all look right here. I want to keep your attention. We got to work on this, church. When our musicians come to the stage, I lose all of you. Stay right here with me. If you ever heard the term born again Christian. One person has. Yes. It's a great term. It's a very biblical term. But it's usually a term that goes people. What does that mean? 
I want to tell you what born again Christian really means. It really means second chance Christian. It really means somebody who was so lost, but they were found and they were given a second chance. It really means somebody who was so weak, but they were given strength for all of their days. They're a second chance Christian. I'm telling you, Christian churches ought to be filled with people that don't judge other people because of their failures. Because we're second chance Christians. We don't judge people who have had a divorce. We don't judge people who have had an addiction. We don't judge people who have walked away from God. Because such were some of us. That's who we were. We're second chance Christians. This ought to be a place where everybody receives a second chance. I want you to please stand with me. And I want you to close your eyes. I just want to talk to you. And I want you to talk straight to the Lord while I'm asking you this these questions. We're, we're going to come to the altar very soon. We're going to come talk to God in this place. But I want to direct your thoughts for just one moment. Have you received your second chance? If you've not received that second chance, tonight's the night. Let's receive it. If you've not received that second chance, would you be brave enough to just find me in this altar tonight? Find Pastor Marshall in this altar and just say, I'm ready for my second chance. You can receive that second chance tonight. Do you believe that God favors the second? Do you believe that God favors those that didn't win (laughs) by the world standards? That, That God favors the weak. That God favors the lowly. That God favors us. And do you spend more time thinking about your first mistakes than your second chance? Is that you tonight? Are you... Walking in your second chance, but looking back in regret for your first mistakes. That is not the will of God for you. It's time to be set free from that. Be set free from all that shame and all that guilt and all that turmoil. Are you born again with the Spirit of God living, working inside of you? And if we are, we've got a huge responsibility. Oh, let me say that. You born again Christians, you second chance Christians. Are you spreading the wonderful love and grace and mercy of Jesus wherever you go? I don't know about you, but I got a lot to pray for. Let's come to this altar right now. Let's talk to God. If you want somebody to pray with you, you come near the front. I will come. I will pray with you. I believe God's going to work in our life. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray for my friends watching and listening online. Oh, friends, God has a second chance for you. Oh, friends, the world may have looked past you, but Jesus, he, His eyes are on you. He was praying for you for the, from the cross. He has come to call you His own. He would leave the 99 for the one knucklehead lamb that got lost. That's us, friend. That's us. He's come for us. He loves us. Father, in Jesus' name, touch my friends. Bring them close to you. Friend, start to call on the name of Jesus. Start to call Jesus and begin to feel His presence because His presence is drawing near to you. He loves you so much. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Come on, let's talk to God all over this house. In Jesus' name, God favors the second. For more information about redemption, look us up online at redemption-church.com. We want to hear from you, so be sure to connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or even our anonymous question text line at 214-856-2000.